Joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene is Leo Holtz, I see from Anchor Capitals. Leo, thank you for your time and a good afternoon to you. Hi, pleasure to be here. Wonderful, Leo. Red screens all around. Uh, keen to get your thoughts here. Uh, I mean, platinum miners, another beating for them, kind of reiterating what Coronation has said about uh, the future prospects of that sector. Keen to get your thoughts on that as well. Yes, so uh, maybe to start with the platinum sector, platinum challenge year for the sector uh, what's interesting or really 2020 so the COVID period were actually record years in terms of profitability you had palladium and rhodium two key metal prices at all-time highs and that allowed the, the sector and the companies in the sector to post just phenomenally strong profits and margins and we're now in the almost polar opposite uh, scenario of that where prices have but costs have continued to grow. Earnings have really taken a, a hit. And as a result, share prices have come under pressure. And also we're going into an economic slowdown globally. And some investors are wondering whether that's going to put pressure on uh, car sales, for example, which is key for the sector. It's a very interesting dynamic I think we're seeing there. And, uh, you know, with the oversupply as well, I'm sure it would be a tough time before we see any green shoots. Uh, let's also uh, touch on what we are anticipating here in terms of the red screens. Uh, markets seem to be a little bit, uh, you know, depressed. It still could be some red October. I'm not keen to get your thoughts on that. And if it's just sentiments, you know, uh, uncertainty driving markets. Yeah, it's always fascinating to try to uh, piece out what's driving markets. I think, obviously, one big factor has been the strong rise that we've seen in, in uh, yields or interest rates uh, across the world, particularly, you know, the, the key rate that everyone looks at, the U.S. 10-year yield, presented one point this week. Um, and it's just a completely different environment that uh, the investment world is facing compared to really the last decade where, where rates have remained low. So... I think investors now are looking and making the assessment of whether they need to even be in riskier assets such as equities when the prospective returns from uh, fixed income is a lot better than it has been over the past few years. Very interesting. Let's move, uh, bring it back home now and take a look at some interesting company results. And then in addition to that... Yes. Oh, sorry, Slo, yes. you, you keep cutting. I think uh, there's a bit of an issue with your network, but please do uh, finish your thoughts. Sorry, my apologies. Mm. No, I was just going to say that uh, earnings... Uh, for some key mega cap or large cap uh, businesses, particularly in the U.S., although strong, were were not as strong as um, expected. So, for example, Alphabet, uh, Feta, um, Meta, sorry, <laughs> very very strong earnings, but they they expense guidance uh, gave a bit of. Uh, cause for concern. So, I think we're just coming off a place where you have high valuations and a lot of hesitancy out. There. Let's talk about Meta. I was very surprised to see that it was uh, Chinese advertising that gave it a boost. It's very interesting because uh, you, there is no Meta in China. Uh, but it's very clear that with the opening up of that economy, uh, Chinese uh, you know, businesses are trying to get uh, their products out there. And Meta is the platform of choice for advertising. Yes, I mean, we like to think as the toll bridge on global uh, advertising. And as you said, surprisingly, Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese region was a, a surprise area. And if you look at Meta and a lot of these uh, mature tech platforms, uh, their ability to grow in the U.S. is limited just given how much they've already penetrated um, the United States and Canada, really North America. It's more about what they can do outside of the U.S. in terms of growth. And so that really was a, a surprise for us as well. 
Let's uh, touch now on some of our local counters. We have uh, Baldwin coming out with a set of numbers today. Uh, show, speaking there to a very uh, cash-strapped consumer battling to afford uh, any new property. I thought it was interesting, if I think of Calgro M3, they had a very different picture. And in my mind, they play in a very similar sector as Leho. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Results statement. And one of the things that caught our eye was the fact that, you know, you had revenue down 25%. They cited the the number of apartments recognized over the period as being down 39%. So we are seeing quite a slowdown in terms of um, property development. And I suppose it does make sense when you think of which are the sectors that are going to get hit first when interest rates rise as they have recently. It does make sense. You would think that property, de- um, I think, this might not be the end of it, just just given where we are economically um, as a country. So I think it is quite a challenging place to be. Right, so I'm keen to get your stock pick in a bit. But before we do that, let's reflect on counters that have found favor with your industry peers. I'm going for actually for, for Puma. I mean, when you look at their oh. last results that came out, they expanded the margin. There's quite a few positive things. They've had trouble in North America. That seems to be coming right quite nicely. Um, as I said, they've got margin expansion, and they actually stock levels went down for the first time in eight years. They actually, had the infantry went down 20%, so they're obviously getting their stocks down. And it's a 17 price earnings ratio, and this is a good company. So I think, yeah, hmm. there's my stock pick. I think they've overdone the selling of Alphabet. They're down 8% today. It's, it's nonsense. You know, I think if you go through the numbers, uh, I still think there's a very powerful company. Still, uh, Google is still the prime search engine. The, the numbers are up there on advertising, on search are great. YouTube, the same kind of thing. I, I still maintain, and I'm still a, a big seven or what you want to call it, uh, investor. I picked Bidvest for today, and, and there's a couple of reasons why. Because Bidvest is seen as a proxy for the SA economy. In reality, it isn't. It is a mix of businesses, trading and distribution and services businesses, which I think should, over time, grow at GDP plus, not G, not equal to GDP. They've got a solid international business that is quite defensive, gives you rand hedge, capab- um, rand hedge qualities, and um, they generate a lot of cash, paying out a solid dividend and over time should give you mid-teen earnings growth, which pretty much should translate to the share price. It's one of those shares that during times of turmoil such as this allow you to sleep well at night. Right, so we're keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. Uh, Puma, Alphabet, Bitface, any thoughts on them? Yes, so on Alphabet, I think I would agree with um, the pick there. It has come under pressure following the results earlier this week, but as said earlier, it really is a toll bridge on internet advertising. Uh, If you want to advertise on the internet, there's really uh, Alphabet or Google and YouTube, and then there's uh, Meta's platforms as well. But, uh, you know, together they control the majority of online advertising. Um, It's trading at, it's trading cheap relative to its own history, and and it's a very high return on capital business with a moat. So that, yeah, I I would agree with that. And can you get your account here today, Athleo? Very quickly, let's hear it. Yes, so mine would be Tencent, a company I think South African investors are all familiar with through Naspers and Process. But Tencent itself is now trading at a free cash flow yield of about 8 or 9%. That's before adjusting for its very... 
financial investment portfolio, which is about $100 billion. So Tencent's market cap is about $350 billion. The investment portfolio is about $100 billion, and they're generating between $20 to $25 billion in free cash flow per year. So it, it looks very cheap. Obviously, there are some reasons for that, but we think it's, it's a business with a, a mod. Yeah. Well, Leo, thank you so much for uh, being with us this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure. That was your Midday Markets Update with Leo Hutzati from Anchor Capital.